0: have to look out for each other, right? Underdogs! This is gonna be the best summer ever.
1: We'll ride down every road. See the whole world together. It'll be amazing.
0: But there's just one thing. Whoa.
1: whoa, 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 wait! D- did you see that? No one can find out.
0: Please don't. Go did you boys say you were from <laughs>
2: welcome to the strange harbors podcast a weekly discussion of film television and pop culture my name is jeff zhang and tonight i'm joined by amir Toure and eric wong so this week we're talking about two related topics the state of disney's powerhouse animation studio pixar and its latest film which premiered on disney plus last week Luca, directed by Enrico Casarosa, starring Jacob Tremblay, Jack Dylan Grazer, and Emma Berman, along with Jim Gaffigan and Maya Rudolph. So yeah, new Pixar movie. Short, sweet. I liked it a lot. Some discourse surrounding it, actually. I think a lot of people are still talking about the Pixar slump. So I think it's good to talk a little bit about where Pixar has been lately, especially with its like, later films, its 2020 stuff. Onward, Soul. I mean, have you guys seen all of the latest Pixar stuff? Or No, not at all.
1: I've seen Soul. I've seen Onward. Yeah, so I've seen some of their later stuff.
0: I'm going to be honest. I haven't even seen all of the old Pixar stuff. I'm going to out myself here. As a, as
1: a, <laughs> You're just not like a Pixar fan?
0: I don't dislike their stuff. I'm just not like a, a completionist. I don't have to go see everyone. Even like their initial run of like, I don't know, whatever. Ten, 11, 12, like, classics, whatever, those first 10 movies. I'm probably batting, like, only 500 on the first few. I think that's interesting because I think
2: it goes to the argument where people are like, well, Pixar's not as good as it used to be. Well, I mean, like, also, we're not, like, 10 years old anymore. <laughs> so, I mean, I haven't even seen all the Pixar movies. I mean, I've seen all the classics, probably, but I've missed a bunch. Like, I've never seen any of the Cars movies I mean, everyone says they're bad, so... I've never seen a single one. I haven't seen The Good Dinosaur. I've never even heard of The Good Dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone says that one's bad, too, so I've never seen that one. And a lot of them I just don't see until way after their theatrical release anyway. It's just not a priority for me. But when I do sit down and watch them, I'm like, this is really good. It's really fun. And a lot of people are saying that Luca is very mid. It's not ambitious... It doesn't have a lot to say, it doesn't really go big, but I kind of love it. I think it's a very, very good effort to tell, like, a small-scale story with, like, intimate stakes, and it's just about sea monsters vibing. What else do you want from this movie, right? I don't know what you guys thought, but this is just a cute movie about making new friends, entering a triathlon where you gotta fucking eat pasta. (laughs) (laughs) and winning a Vespa I mean I don't need to be going on life and death adventures I don't need to be like exploring the afterlife to find the meaning of life or like resurrecting my dead dad for a day I also think like those two movies Onward and Soul they kind of bit off a little more than they could chew and I think this scaling back of like the stakes is like a good call and I, I really liked it I think a lot of people thought it was very middling but I I really enjoyed this what about you guys
0: I wasn't particularly looking forward to this, uh, as I was saying. I haven't seen all of—I wasn't either. Yeah, I haven't seen all of the old, the old ones. So I definitely wasn't looking forward to seeing like a Pixar movie, like particularly um, in 2021. Like I don't know, I don't have kids—at um, least none that I know about—and take to Pixar movies. So I was like, what am I going to be doing watching this random kids movie? Right. So I wasn't particularly looking forward to it, and really pleasantly surprised me. At first, I was kind of not that invested, but by about, I don't know, 60, 70% of the way through, I actually found myself really enjoying this. And uh, it was pretty touching, actually, by the end. It really surprised me. Yeah, some good emotional beats in this. They really landed. All the stuff in the climax lands. I mean, listen, it's not going to surprise you. It's a child's movie, but <laughs> it's good. It's well done. It's a lot of fun. It's well animated. And it is something different. I can't say I've ever seen a movie about sea monsters trying to win a pasta triathlon to win a Vespa. <laughs> like, this is definitely a very different spin on a classic kid story. That it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I would echo your guys' sentiments and the fact that I think this is a very fun and loving coming-of-age story, part friendship story, a little bit of a underdog adventure story. Mm-hmm. All those things kind of mixed together, I think, like, work really well in this Pixar movie. I think those emotional beats that you guys are talking about do definitely hit by the end of it. Like, I do love the end of this movie and the growth in our characters by the end of this movie. But I will have to say that it was a little middling to me. (laughs) I mean, I kind of agree with the criticism a little bit and... I think it's because I partially do expect Pixar to kind of swing for the fences sometimes. And sometimes it doesn't land and sometimes it does. But this one, because it didn't try that, that it it kind of took me a second to adjust. Like, I I still really like this movie and I still had a lot of fun with it. But I, I do see that criticism and I might have to agree with it.
2: But also, because Pixar always swings for the fences, I did not really like Onward or Soul that much. I think Onward's ending hit me hard, but I think the rest of the movie is just okay. It's like this fantasy movie with, like, sword and sorcery and the elves and stuff. It's nothing you haven't seen before. And I thought Soul was a little too ambitious with its concept, and I felt like it got in the way of the movie's message. So I thought this was more refreshing. I actually like this more than both of those movies. Uh, to be honest.
1: I will agree with you that I think Soul Just was overrated. a little bit of a misstep. Yeah, in my opinion. I don't like using the word overrated. But I, I do feel like it was a little bit of a misstep and I ended up not enjoying it as much as I thought it would. I thought it was going to be more music oriented. I thought it you know, had Jamie Foxx in the lead. I, I thought that maybe would get more of that, um, but we, we ended up not really getting any of that. Yeah, I think its themes and it, its overall story was a little too much for me to kind of get behind but when it comes to onward i think i did maybe like onward a little bit more because i think the ending does hit harder
2: for me i don't disagree i think the onward ending really hits hard i definitely fucking cried watching that i'm not gonna lie uh <laughs> and i think about this movie and i think it's
1: great it sounds like jeff you really enjoy this movie and what i'm probably about to describe is is a positive you know this movie kind of like rides this line and it doesn't go up or down right there's no kind of emotional highs or emotional lows it just rode this kind of plateau of just like, Oh, this is nice. This is, this is pleasant. This is fun. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I don't know when I think about movies and I guess maybe I'm just like too aspirational in this regard. Like when I think about movies, like I love the big swings and I love those emotional roller coasters that movies can take me on. And, and I agree with you. I think onward, like the first half of the movie is, is pretty not stellar. And, and it's, it's, it's a little rough, but when you get to that end, it's just so great that it, for me, it kind of just lifted me up at the end.
2: I just thought Onward was, like, for the most part, pretty boring, which is a pretty big sin for a movie, I think. I think like a lot of the fantasy stuff is pretty rote. Um, it's not very inspired. Really, the only saving grace is that ending. I don't know. I I just like the consistency of this movie. I liked how wistful it was. I mean, you know, because the director, uh, Enrico Casarosa, He took a lot of the stuff from his childhood, you know, like growing up in Genoa, Italy, on the Italian Riviera. So like you can see a lot of the personal stuff come through and like the animation, which is very different from other Pixar movies, by the way. I think it's a little more exaggerated, a little more spring in its step, a lot more energetic. I really enjoyed the animation in this and I I thought it was just different and it's it's fleet, right? It's, like, how how long is it? It's, like, 94 minutes or, or like, I think it's 100 little yeah, little minutes or something? Long, so it's, like, a, an hour and 40 minutes. Like that, uh, yeah. An hour and 40 minutes, yeah. So pretty easy to digest. And the message is simple. You know, it's an underdog story. And, like, it's about those magical summers where you make, like, new friends and do fun shit together, right? Um You know, the sea monster stuff is, like, a typical story about acceptance. Something that little kids can latch on to, which I think Soul really missed the boat on because i don't think that movie has like a message that little kids can can latch onto at all like the moral of soul is that what you're passionate about isn't exactly what your life's purpose might be which i find it very hard for like a 7 or 8 year old to like really grasp something yeah, like grasp that, that concept, right yeah, yeah. I think we've spoken to the overarching thoughts on this movie, but
1: I mean, were there anything like specifics that you guys really, really loved about this movie or didn't like about this movie? I'm really curious.
0: The food looked really good.
1: (laughs) The food did look really good.
0: It looked really good. It was like, I don't know if you've ever seen these little things online of all the anime food that looks really delicious. (laughs) Yeah, it it really reminded me of that. Mm. This was like this, like the the pesto pasta made me really, really hungry. It looked so tasty. (laughs) I loved that. I thought there were some like cute little touches like uh I guess spoiler alert, I don't really know, but you know, from the uh, uh Luca's parents coming onto land and not being able to recognize their son. I thought yeah. that was cute. They did they, 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 they like dunk all lives. the kids in the neighborhood yeah, in just, the water. Yeah, to yeah, to, like, dunking all the find kids. Him. I thought that I thought that was a cute little touch. Uh, I, I liked it. It was fun. Uh, I liked Senor Vespa. I thought that was funny. Senor Vespa made me laugh. <laughs> there were a lot of really just, like, fun little touches. The anchovies thing, Jeff, that I saw you tweeted about.
2: Yeah, I really like that. So, like...
0: That's a that's a very cute touch.
2: Alberto tells uh, Luca, oh, like, the stars in the sky, they're, like, glistening anchovies or whatever. And, and Luca doesn't know anything about that. So, like, when he hits his head, you know, like, in cartoons, you see stars. Uh, in the movie, later in the movie, when Luca falls off the bike during the triathlon, he sees anchovies instead of stars, which I thought was really cute. Um, just cute little, like, visual gags like that. I think they did a lot of clever stuff with them, trying to keep their disguises and stuff. It was cute, you know? So, like, the whole thing is, like, they're sea creatures, and when they come onto land and they're dry, they look like humans. But if they get wet, they revert back to, like, their sea creature form. And I thought they had a a bunch of cute little visual gags where they're trying to keep their, their disguise on.
0: Oh, I love the see-through uncle. (laughs) <laughs> the
2: see-through uncle, the the
0: angler, the Sasha Baron Cone transparent anglerfish. That was that was fun too. That was fun.
1: Animation-wise, that was pretty interesting to see, kind of like that. Yeah, like, uh, that translucent body that that was going on. I thought that was really clever. I personally love the um, not uh, Luca's dad, but Julia's dad. Yeah, Julia's dad. Uh huh. Massimo, like, I, I really love that character. I love that his arm is missing because he was born without it, right? It wasn't like some yes. kind of, like, sea monster that had <laughs> eaten it, and that's then why he was, yeah, like, yeah, angry yeah. or something. I like the fact that, in the end, he's the character that sees what Luca and Alberto really is. And, and you know, it, it's him that, I mean, I'm kind of spoiling the end of this movie. It, it's him that kind of helps to spur the, the town to be like, hey, it's okay that we have sea creatures that live among us. That probably for me was my favorite character. <laughs> I do like also the bit with the cat, like the cat having this mustache that was also very similar to Massimo's, and like he's <laughs> yeah, the, I really he's it. the one that always just sees them, like you know, because he can't speak, right? So, it's, it's, so of yeah. course he, he's the one that always sees them like getting hit by water, and he's just like he's so suspicious. But in the end, he's also won over, which I I really loved.
2: The cat's name is Machiavelli, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> yeah, that's too. A funny name. I thought the voice cast was good. I like. Uh, Jacob Tremblay as uh, Luca I like Jack Dylan Grazer as Alberto I saw you tweet Derek that you were a little bothered that they didn't get Italians so I was I was actually thinking about this okay so my original tweet was that like this is
1: a Italian-based story that you know it takes place off the coast of an Italian town right to me it's very suspicious that most of the main cast is not Italian whatsoever but then I started thinking about it, and I'm mean, they are playing fish creatures, right? Like, and that was my question. Are these fish creatures Italian? <laughs> Derek is,
2: like, forming his own little logic again. He, he loves doing
0: this. I'll be honest. I went full Derek on this one, too, because it's, like, their whole, you know, very literal <laughs> fish Derek. out of water thing.
1: <laughs> this is a Derek. He's I coined full me. full Derek
0: on this because, like, the whole fish out of water thing with them – meeting people for the first time, they, like, didn't know what money was and, like, kind of didn't seem to really know what, like, automobiles were, maybe? Like, they didn't know how to use forks. There was, like, a lot of things there where you're like, huh, what exactly is going on? He's, like, a goat herder or something. like They're, they're like, some weird, like, under so, like, society. Yeah. yeah, like, it just, it was sort of strange, but then they don't have, like, forks i guess because they didn't know how to use forks and they don't know anything about school like so presumably they're illiterate <laughs> I don't, it's, it's just it's it, the the world building there is a little, a little don't creepy. don't make too much about it well the thing <laughs> is like
2: you don't even spend that much time in the underwater world which i thought was fine no. i think i think the i think the underwater stuff is is pretty and it's well done but like the obvious gem of this movie is the, the Italian Riviera, right? Like yeah, that's the, what it's about. The stand-in yeah. for Genoa and 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 how how gorgeous it is there. But, yeah, I mean, the thing about the Italians, though, I think, is you can be suspicious of it and be like, huh, that's kind of weird that they didn't get any Italians. But you can't say that's racist because you can't really be racist against white people. So... <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> yeah. shit. That's what I was also
1: going to say, too.
0: The Strange Harbors <laughs> motto. <laughs> Christ.
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for me it was a it was a little strange watching the movie and like because they do cast some like Italians like the the bully, the bully is Italian. The dad that I think is great is Italian. Like they have mm-hmm. really great Italian actors playing these roles, so it is kind of weird to kind of hear Jacob Tremblay and and Jack Dylan Grazer like do their best at Italian accents, but you could tell like they don't commit to it and you know. They just kind of say, like, you know, uh Silencio Bruno. And, you know, like, I can fucking <laughs> yeah. do it, too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> does that mean I can play Luca? Um But at the same time, I'm like, after a while, I thought about it. I, was like, I mean, I guess they're not really playing Italians. They're playing fish people, so I can't really complain. <laughs>
2: uh. <laughs> I thought they did a great job, though. I think I think uh Jacob Tremblay pretty much disappears into that role. I think he's very distinctive. I think both of those actors, Jacob Tremblay and... Jack Dylan Grazer have, like, very distinctive voices, and I actually didn't know who they were played by when I first watched this
0: movie. Yeah, absolutely. And Yeah, I, lo- I had to look it up, and I realized, I was like, oh, wait, I know these actors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they blended in. I thought they in. just
2: got some no-names or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, I didn't really recognize people's voices in this, and there were some very big people in the cast, right? Jim Gaffigan yeah. in it, Mike Rudolph's in it, My Rudolph, Sasha, Sasha yeah. Baron Cohen shows up for two yeah. seconds.
2: And Emma Berman's great as Julia, too. And I was a little worried they were going to do a little love triangle there. And they kept everything platonic, which I really liked. And in the end, it was just them teaming up in the Porto Rosso Cup, uh, racing for the money to get the Vespa. And, and that was it. And it was cute. I, I just really liked that. Uh Really pared down storytelling. Didn't go into like the really predictable places that you thought it was going to go i mean some of the beats are predictable right like the townspeople come to accept them and like you have the heart-wrenching moment where you know luke decides to go to school and then alberto stays behind it's like a parallel for like those summer friendships that that you have for a lifetime but like at the end of the summer it's over and you kind of go your separate ways you know and i I really like that i mean i think this is
1: one of the Pixar movies that I could see actually naturally could get a sequel. Yeah. The continuing adventures of like Luca and, and Julia, I guess, right? Because if Alberto's staying behind, mm-hmm. like I could definitely see that. And I, I wouldn't mind more stories in this universe. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up is, so I didn't watch this right when it premiered. Like we decided we were going to do it. And, and mm-hmm. so like, I think it came out like last Wednesday or something. I, I, I took yeah. the weekend or something to watch it like leading up to me watching it I kept seeing tweets jokingly comparing it to what's that Luca Guadagnino movie <laughs> Call me by your name Call me by your name thank you and so I was like watching this movie expecting there to be a love triangle in the sense that maybe they were going to be bold enough that Luca or Alberto is going to be gay and then it turned out that was not the case at all and so, like, it just makes me mad at, like, the people that are tweeting these things because it just seems so lazy. Just because, what, they both take place in, like, a... They're,
2: they're both a Italians. Small Italian
1: towns. That, that's a correct comparison. Like, that's just
2: so lazy. I'm sorry. I didn't get that read at all. Um, and I've seen both movies. I mean, like, you could probably read into, like, the gay subtext there. I mean, it's two teen boys, like, coming of age together and, and they're... Becoming best friends—that's no more than any other movie with two kids, and that they're
0: ostracized for their differences. Yeah, yeah. When yeah, one yeah. of them is revealed as a sea monster, the other one <laughs> denies that he's also a sea monster, and shakes the whole town. Mind, on him. <laughs> it, I mean, it's come on, like it's—it's it's there. It, it is it's, there. It's it is very there. there. I mean, it's not a hundred percent correspondence, right? Because it's not. Uh, you know, it's not pure allegory, but it's, you know, it's there just as much as the sea monster thing could be like a racial allegory, but it doesn't really work, right? Because I guess you can code switch. you don't hide your skin, right? Mm -hmm. It's maybe more like, I don't know, religion or sexuality, something that, you know, if you're in a hostile environment, that's something that you can't hide and put away. Yeah, Um, right, right. And so, you know, you you can pass until people find out you're you know, whatever this sort of other is. So, you know, I see it. I, I'm going to disagree on the lazy call. Like, I see why people are doing it. I mean, I don't know if you guys read the New York Times review by A.O. Scott, but it, uh, the Luca review is calamari by your name. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible you know, like, people pun, by are the fucking, way. Yeah, people are going in. <laughs> and I hate to defend them because I just told you that pun. But I will say that, like, I, I think there's a reasonable read on that. Um, the director, he did also say, though, that he did intend this to be like a prepubescent, kind of innocent, pre-romantic sort of movie. Mm-hmm. And I do think the movie nails that tone. I, I don't think you can read anything sexual into the movie, but I don't think that means that it also can't serve as, you know, a metaphor for homosexual experience or whatever.
2: That's true. I think this goes into a lot about, like, what Mark Hamill says about Luke Skywalker. The fans that want Luke Skywalker to be gay, like, if you think he's gay, then he's gay. You know, like, if you think Luca and Alberto are gay, they're gay, you know? Like, you can easily graph that onto those characters, and I think it's totally fine if you do. Obviously, the the metaphor is there. Like you said, the director didn't intend for it to be like that, and, like, the... The similarities to "Call Me by Your Name" are, I mean, they're they're there, you know. So, if you want to draw that line between the two, I mean, no one's stopping you, and like you're not wrong by saying something like that, right? To me, all the characters in this came off as very platonic and and childlike, and and that's what I took away from that. So
1: that's fair, like you said, Jeff. I've read it very platonic, and if it's supposed to be read like that, I'd rather it be read like that, right? I'd rather it not be something that especially if the director says like that's not his quote unquote reading
0: and i think i think he's saying he doesn't intend this to be a romantic story and i agree with that part and i also saw this as like a platonic relationship but i don't think that that means that the metaphor doesn't work right Mm -hmm. like the mutant metaphor in x-men doesn't require all the x-men to be gay for you to fucking get it right like that's (laughs) do you see what i'm saying like Mm-hmm. Just because the characters in this movie are not in a romantic relationship doesn't mean that the sea monster metaphor can't stand for something else, right? Right.
1: Like, I'm not saying that it can't be read like that, that. It shouldn't be read like that. I'm just saying that now that you're talking about it, it would have made this movie bolder, right? The boldness mm. that I wanted to see from maybe this Pixar movie, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
2: Right.
0: That would have been your attempt, exactly. at, at, attempt at a home run, right?
2: I mean, I would have liked to see that too, but… This is Disney we're talking this about. Is Disney. They're never going to go there. They won't even do it in their Marvel movies, right? Their gay characters and their, like, token gay characters are are very, very thin, to say the least, I think. And I think every single remake or every single Marvel movie or every single animated movie now is like, oh, the first ever gay character. I'm like, you've already had, like, 30 of these. And they're never memorable. They're always swept under the rug. And then... No one ever talks about them again. Like, one of the fucking Russo brothers was one of, like, the first gay characters in Avengers Endgame. He had, like, one scene. And it's not like his sexuality had anything to add to the character or the storyline, right? hmm Same thing with all these other characters, like LeFou in Beauty and the Beast or the Cyclops cop in Onward. Like, it's all surface-level representation shit. I think... Disney can do a lot better when it comes to that, but I don't think I ever expect that they will. I don't know. Maybe one day. At least they're trying sometimes, (laughs) right? Well, I mean, Eternals were supposed to be getting our first openly gay
1: superhero. I believe that in the next Thor, that Valkyrie's sexuality is supposed to be a big part of that story. So I think they have heard the criticisms and hopefully they are,
0: Going (laughs) to adjust,
1: but we'll see. Yes, we'll
0: always have to see. So, I mean, in the overall, like, I don't know, culture war spectrum, Disney, as much as it's like this large corporate cowardly attempts at representation, at the same time, like viewed across the whole spectrum, they clearly are taking a stand, right? Like, I don't don't Mm -hmm. think this is defend Disney, but like they're clearly on one side in the culture war. There's this isn't like a right propaganda machine right no i wouldn't say they're on the left but like they're clearly they've clearly taken one side in the culture or even if half-heartedly and i don't know I i just kind of wanted to emphasize what you were saying earlier jeff like you know you can't necessarily expect too much from them and you don't have to like get all your representation from disney i saw this great distracted boyfriend meme and it was, uh, you know, <laughs> he's looking at uh, the girlfriend of, you know, Disney's scant gay representation. I think and, I posted uh, that. Was that you? Probably. I retweeted it. Yeah. yeah and, he, and he's ignoring, like, any art made by actual queer people with actual queer relationships in it. So, I thought that that was really good. And that, like, yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. sums it up. Like, Disney's going to, you know, only advance as safely as, I don't know, as safely as, as America makes it advance, right? Like, it's not going to go any, fa- any faster than…
2: It's forced. The meme is like the distracted boyfriend meme. So it's like the the boyfriend and the girlfriend are walking down the street and then he's distracted by someone else attractive walking by, right? You guys all know the meme. And the guy is queer nerds demanding representation. And the girlfriend is actual queer works by queer creators. <laughs> and then the <laughs> distraction is two same-sex Disney characters whose hands brush together in the extended director's <laughs> cut ca- outtakes if you squint really hard. So I think that's very, very funny. And I think when it comes to Disney, it's all about the dollar sign, really. Like, it was as profitable to make a stand about, like, representation as it is to be, like, whatever about it. Just surface-level representation then then they would do it but they don't because they got to think about the chinese market which isn't as open to depictions of queer gays or lesbians or or anything like that and also like the conservative market which america is like half conservative right it's just it's all about the dollar sign i think and and they got to think about the bottom line unfortunately they are a soulless conglomerate so (laughs) um that's just the way things are but anyway, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the distribution model for these Pixar movies, because it's super odd that everything else is getting premier access, but the Pixar movies are not. So like Mulan, Ryan, the Last Dragon, Black Widow coming up, they're all getting premier access on Disney Plus, which means you have to pay thirty bucks on top of your subscription to watch them as a, the same time as their theatrical release. But they didn't do that with any of their Pixar movies, starting with Onward, and then with Soul, and then this. You would think, like, for their crowning animation studio, that they would put that as Premiere Access. No questions asked, right? I don't know why they don't do that. That's so
0: odd to me. What is everything else that you said was Premier Access?
2: So, like, Raya and the Last Dragon, which is just Disney Animation Studios, it's like the martial arts... Uh, animated movie with a Kelly Marie Tran. Mulan was premiere access, and Black Widow is premiere access. Um, So basically, all the big movies that
0: are coming out. So Raya, I don't really understand, but you could probably say Mulan is going to get a lot of like nostalgic millennials, thirty year olds to cough up thirty bucks. And then I guess uh, the Black Widow movie, they're probably not expecting it to be a bunch of seven, and eight-year-olds. It's probably a bunch of, you know, I don't know, teenagers and up, probably people in their 20s and 30s watching this who probably have the disposable income. Whereas maybe the Pixar film, they're pitching it to families and thinking they'll get more play if they don't charge 30 bucks. I don't know. I'm just th- trying to think about maybe the differences in the audiences, the movies. Uh, I'm not sure.
1: I would uh, have you consider the point you made about, like, is Pixar still their big dog in the house, right? You think about the last couple of years, I mean, you have Frozen, Frozen 2, you had Moana. I mean, Raya is technically Disney animation. And then you think about Pixar, it's like, it's Soul, it's Onward, it's this. I mean, I guess Coco was a pretty big success. So, like, I don't know, maybe that dynamic
2: is shifting, though. Because of the Pixar slump? I don't really believe in the Pixar slump. I think everyone just expects Pixar to make masterpiece after masterpiece. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, they're just pretty good. And that's fine. I think a lot of the kids that have grown up on Pixar have kind of outgrown Pixar. I think, like, Toy Story and, like, Monsters, Inc. and The Incredibles are all pretty close to perfect movies. And they're really, really good. But they've done a ton of sequels, too. And not everything's as good as the original, right? I think the Cars movies never were really that good. I think people look back with, like, a rose-tinted lens when it comes to
0: Pixar, for real. They put out two movies a year-ish for, like, the last five or six years at least.
2: On average, yeah. So, like,
0: yeah. I mean, the last one I remember seeing was probably Inside Out. That's 2015. That's nine movies ago. Yeah. There's a good, at least three sequels in there. So, like, they're putting out a lot of stuff. It's not all going to be great.
2: I don't really like Inside Out, either. I mean, okay.
1: Well, that's, that's a debate. I love Inside Out. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are any of these uh, slumps in terms of, like, box office? Like, I know we're talking critical acclaim, but what about box office-wise? Like,
1: I mean, I think that was the point I was trying to make. It's not It's less about the quality of the movies, because, I mean, those Disney animation movies, I... I listed, I'm not saying those are like the shining star in quality and and like great movies. I think they're all great. Like I think some of those are on par with Pixar and I think I was alluding more to how much money these movies are making. I mean, you think about like Frozen, that is, you know, one of the biggest, not just animated movies, but just one of the biggest movies that come out in the last like five years, right? So, I mean, maybe Disney is seeing that shift and backing that horse rather than thinking like because I, I think pixar is in a slump financially i do think that that we've seen that in the last couple of years
0: okay the incredibles mm-hmm. 2 was 2018 and that's a monster hit for them, mm-hmm. right 600 million lifetime. yeah that's
2: their biggest grocer
0: yeah for sure and that's only three years ago so i don't know i, mean, I think uh the death knells might be a bit premature so how
2: wait i'm
1: sorry how much was how much was that
0: Six hundred million lifetime. Mm-hmm. Frozen,
1: one point two billion. Frozen sure. two, one point five billion. Wow. That's like three times as much as as that. So it's like that's what I'm saying. Right? It's double. There but is like, there is power behind some of these other animated but movies. But how many now.
0: Frozen's are there? There's just those two, right? Like yeah. I and mean, what but else? There's is also co- only just two Incredibles, that? right? Like <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what else is competing with that?
1: I mean, you have Moana, right? Which made about pretty much the same amount of money as, as Incredibles 2. It made $645 million. Oh, Really? Wow.
0: Okay.
1: I, I guess that's what I'm saying, is I think that some of the power has kind of shifted towards their quote-unquote animated stuff rather than the, just their Pixar stuff.
2: It's comparing, like, apples and oranges, but, like, it's not like Ryan the Last Dragon blew anything out of the water either. I mean, it was a pandemic release, so, like, you yeah. really can't compare. Yeah, um, you can't tell. But the box office was $120 million for that. I mean, I think... Pixar is still a safe bet. Like, I'm just looking at this list of lifetime grosses, and they're consistently good. Most of them are at least a quarter of a billion dollars. And I think that's, like, a safer bet than a bunch of the Disney animated movies that that aren't Pixar. I, I think Moana was a big hit, too. And, I mean, Moana did as much as the best Pixar movie. So they it did like $600 million. But it, it's just hard to say, I think. It's, it's hard to say what's really going to resonate with audiences. I think the box office game is a lot of, like, speculation. And there's no clear answers anytime, anywhere. I think this whole in the heights thing, like, nobody knows what's going on with that. Like, what happened to that? Why did it underperform? There's just so many factors.
1: I mean, it's it's also kind of too early to say that it did underperform, right? In the sense that we don't—it's
2: literally too early. You can't—you can't tell because their opening is just like the greatest showman. So, like, I I don't know if you guys remember that movie, the Hugh Jackman—that thing was Gangbusters. (laughs) You like that
1: movie? No, no. I'm just saying. I remember the box office for that thing. Like, that thing grew.
2: It started off with like nothing, and then this is like the only example of like a viral movie. So, like, Patrick Willems did a video about it where, like, it's, like, this crazy phenomenon where, like, you go and, like, you don't really like it that much. And then your friends go, so you go again. And then you're, like, oh, shit, this is fucking awesome. You're, like, singing along and shit. And then you go see it, like, a third time. And it's, like, the, one of those movies that, where, like, you experience again and again. And it just, like, grows on you. And it grows by, like, word of mouth. Something, like, In the Heights could totally have something like that, you know, where it just starts off kind of weak. But it's got crazy legs, right? You just don't know,
1: and we don't know how many people watched it on HBO Max, right? Like, yeah. maybe it was maybe it was a hit for that service. Like, we don't know, um, and we don't know how those are going to play into numbers or like WB's like, oh, that was a hit for us, right? We, we'll never know, especially
2: because like streaming services are so opaque with their numbers. They they don't want to like release their audience numbers and and things like that. So it's always hard to hard to gauge and hard to predict. Yeah, so like, where would you rank this? That's exactly where I was like about the, to go. All right, <laughs> Thank Pixar, you, Jeff. the Pixar pantheon. Uh,
1: I guess I would ask you guys this. I mean, okay, so there's been 24 Pixar movies. I'm looking at the list. Does this make your top half? I would say so. Yeah, I would say it would make my top half.
0: I think so. I haven't seen all of them though, but of the ones I've seen, yeah, is this
1: anyone's like top five?
0: I think like. Toy Stories 1 and 2 Finding Nemo the Incredibles up. That's a hard top five to crack. Yeah. Wally. I actually never saw Incredibles 2, but
2: I could make a case for the top ten because I don't think there are a lot of sequels that are as good as this. I think the Toy Story movies are an exception. I don't think Fighting Dory is that good. Uh I don't think Monster University is that good. Incredibles 2 was fine.
0: Yeah, I I just don't think a lot of the sequels are up to snuff. And you already said Onward and Soul, you like this better than them, right? So that's another yeah, two Yeah, so
2: I would say top ten, maybe top seven or eight. I think we didn't mention Ratatouille. Ratatouille's great, too. I think Ratatouille's better than this.
0: All right, Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2. Are you a Bugs Life guy? Not really. So Toy Story 1 and 2 were definitely better than this.
2: Monsters, Inc.? I haven't seen A Bug's Life in, like, 25 years, so I don't fucking know. <laughs> well, not 25 years, but, like, 23 years since Whatever. it came really. out. Nearly. Holy
0: so. shit. Okay, Monsters, Inc. Are you a Monsters, Inc. guy?
2: I think Monsters, Inc. is better than this. I really like Monsters, Inc.
0: Okay. Finding Nemo is, I think, obvious. Yeah,
2: Finding um, Nemo is up Incredibles, obviously. There.
0: That's five. five oh, we'll skip cars. Ratatouille, 6 Wally, seven. Up, eight. Uh, yeah. Up is it. Gotta be. Uh, really? You're not an up guy? I'm an up
2: guy. Alright, I think up is better than this.
0: Yeah. Or, or is up carried by that initial sad sequence and you don't like the rest of the movie. I think the rest of the movie is
2: just okay. Just okay, I think, right? Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. That, that beginning opening sequence just does a lot of heavy lifting. It I, does. I think do you do you agree? The inverse onward, right? Yeah, I think the balloon stuff is just okay. I think the rest of it is just a little forgettable. I'm sorry. I
0: I think if you you just cut out that first little bit, it's like a masterpiece, right? But then you don't get too much else for the rest of the movie. Uh, All right. So even so, so then maybe if you... It's like top eight, top nine. Something like that. Yeah. Are you a brave guy? I don't even think I saw that.
2: No, I didn't like brave. I think brave is like one of their actual like duds. duds. Yeah, I think brave is pretty bad. Did
0: it do poorly box office-wise? It was brave like no. no, it did well. It did half a billion uh, dollars. All right, maybe this list I'm looking at is, like, uh, domestic only then, because I'm only seeing, like, 200 million-ish. Okay.
2: That might yeah, have been. Yeah, yeah. I so think that's, that's going to
0: change Derek's numbers a little bit, too. It's going to make the Pixar ones look a little better, then, if I was looking at <laughs> domestic stuff. So.
2: And everyone shits on the good dinosaur, but let's be honest. That was, like, an incomplete
0: movie, I think. I don't know. Don't, don't I, I cannot be honest. I don't know anything about it. What, what's the story? What happened?
2: It just flailed around in development hell, and it was just like Frankenstein together. There was like a whole thing behind it. Uh, I don't even know the complete story, but I, I just know that this was a movie that came out, and it was like barely finished. Mm. It had so many different hands on deck, so many cooks in the kitchen, and it did not feel like a finished product. And... I could barely call that a, like a Pixar movie. <laughs> yeah, so I think this place is in like the top, top eight, top nine. Not bad, actually, out of twenty-four movies, it's like almost the top third. Well, are you with that, Derek?
1: You agree with that? Yeah, I would. I would say it's somewhere in the top, at least top ten for me, dude. That's pretty good. I think pretty so. Good. Pretty good. But I also it's because I'm not in love with a lot of like earlier Pixar as much as some people are. Oh,
0: interesting. So like what do you
1: Like I'm not in love with Up or Finding Nemo or Monsters Inc.
2: Wow. Dude, you're you're saying some real fucked up shit here. Wow. <laughs> I know.
1: I know how how much like people love those movies and it's just like I'm not I'm not a fan. Uh, did you see of... them
0: as an adult?
1: No, I saw them when I was a kid.
0: <laughs> so you were just a fucked up kid.
1: Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Interesting. But I do love The Incredibles. I love The Incredibles 2. Uh, I'm, I'm of the opinion that I actually think The Incredibles 2 is a better movie, but I just think that...
2: Oh, I didn't like Incredibles 2 that much. I thought it was just an okay
1: sequel. I thought it was like, if you didn't think of it as a sequel, if you kind of watched that thinking like, if this was the first movie, this would have been a better movie. But... I think because the first one came out and it was like it's very similar to the first movie. It just kind of like I think kind of got okay, that's fair in the, in that sense. I mean, I love Ratatouille, Toy Stories one, two, three are like probably like that's like my top. Oh no, because I also really love Inside Out, so that's probably my like top four already right there. <laughs> wow, you really like Inside Out, huh? Yeah, I do. I actually do love it. It's in out. the top five, really. Inside Out's okay.
0: Uh, yeah, it's always like okay. Like, what am I missing about Inside Out?
1: Uh, for me, it's like, I think we talked about it a little bit this idea that it's a great movie for an adults and for kids, because I think it is an important lesson for kids to watch that movie. You know, this idea of like, it's okay
2: to accept your sadness. That is a good message. I do agree that that's a good message for a kids movie to have. I think that's very emotional well-being positive. I think I think that's a good message to have. I just think it oversimplifies emotions, mm. obviously. Yeah. I don't think the the separate personifications of all these emotions really works, and I think some of the stuff is pretty kind of hokey. It's like, oh, there goes uh, happiness island or whatever. I think it's yeah, it's just a little a little hokey. I I, I do think the bing bong scene is is pretty sad. <laughs> that one always gets me. But yeah, I don't I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't one hundred percent track for me. I don't know what you think. Come here. Uh,
0: I liked it fine. It didn't stick out in my head, but. I don't know. Derek's winning me over with the you know uh, emotional maturity, good lesson for kids argument. Sure, that, that's fine. I guess. Yeah. I don't know, like Disney movies raise your kids, Derek. No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: or Pixar movies. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's be specific.
1: My kids are gonna watch Frozen and Inside Out. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I, I I generally like most Pixar movies. To say that. You know, those things I did about like Monsters Inc. and Finding Nemo, like I don't think they're bad movies. I guess I was not as high on those as I think other people were.
2: I just thought Monsters Inc. was like genius. I thought the idea was great. I thought the execution was fantastic. Just like these monsters uh making it a job to like get these screams out of the kids. I thought clever idea and it was executed well and, and I like in the end that they they turned it into like, oh, you you get laughter and you get just as much power or, like, even more power from from that. And I thought that was cute. I thought I thought Mike Wazowski and then, like, Sully and then Boo. I, I don't, Classic characters. I just really like that movie. But I guess it didn't really do much for you.
1: Not as much for me. <laughs> I think my issue sometimes with some of these earlier movies is that I think they get dwindled down to, like, the thing that I kept hearing about them was just like, oh, my God, like, Boo is so cute. Or, like, I love Nemo. Like, he's so cute. It just seemed like everyone was kind of just dwindling down those movies to just like something that was so superficial that that's what kind of bothered me about those movies
2: you couldn't forget about that like you couldn't get that out of your mind when you're watching them it's fair like
1: up is like it's about the first 10 minutes i'm like well what about the rest of the movie
2: (laughs) (laughs) that i agree with that i agree with (laughs) Dude, I don't even remember much of the second... I I just
1: know there's a dog, and they go in the sky, and...
2: There's, like, Rottweilers, there's Christopher Plummer as the villain, but, like, everything else is, like, a blur. I also don't like
1: being told that, like, oh my god, you'd make a great... What's his name? Russell? Randall? Russell. Russell. You'd be a great Russell Russell for Halloween. You should just dress up like that. I'm like, why? Just because I'm Asian?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) That was a very fucking specific complaint. I don't know. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't like to be told that.
0: Sounds like a whole other story, bro. That's, uh...
1: You don't know how many times I've heard it growing up. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How
0: old is it Up? 2009. Dude, that's nine. 12 years You were not ago. a child. I was a child, <laughs> but like, dude, you were a fucking adult. <laughs> I have like zero sympathy for that, that shit. That doesn't
1: mean like people haven't told me multiple times, like, you know what would be a great costume for you? You should be
0: Russell. Just a fat kid from
2: Up. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, basically.
0: (laughs) Oh, shit. I don't know, man. Might have to fight somebody over that. I don't know. That sounds (laughs) like
2: (laughs) You should go up to all the people who did that, and now you can cancel them for doing that (laughs) shit.
1: Some of them were Asian, so it's like, well, I guess if you're Asian, you tell me to do that.
2: I mean, I don't want to spend the pod just talking about different Pixar movies, but we haven't talked about WALL-E yet. Do you guys like
0: WALL-E? I don't remember it very well. <laughs> I actually kind of have to agree with Derek on that. I haven't seen it in a million years. I haven't seen it in a million years. But I remember it having a huge effect on me when I did.
2: So, my take on Wally is kind of like up, but it's like half of the movie instead of just the first 10 minutes. I think the first half, where he's just like alone, and before he goes onto like the, the spaceship with all the, the fucking fat Americans or whatever in their slip and slide wheelchairs, it's. Way better when he's just on the junkyard on Earth doing his own thing, cleaning up trash. I thought that was a great character piece just on Wally himself, but I think once they introduce Eve, it kind of goes downhill from there. Uh, but I don't know, you, I'm, I'm like talking to a wall, you guys don't fucking remember this. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really hard uh, for me to remember like a lot of the earlier Pixar because like I've only mm-hmm. really maybe seen them maybe twice, but that was when I was young.
2: Yeah, you know what? I never have like an urge to really rewatch these movies.
0: Which is okay.
2: Yeah, which is okay.
0: They're children's movies. You saw them when you were a kid, you catch a couple of them as they come out, and that's okay. Like it's fine. Don't have to feel bad about not wanting to rewatch them. I don't think it's like an indicator that they were bad movies. It's just you know, I don't know. Not everything needs to be rewatched. It's fine.
2: So in conclusion, I don't think Pixar Slump is a real thing. They're consistently good, but there's some really really good ones there's some just okay ones i think people really just have a fond recollection that the studio might not live up to but for the most part they're they're good movies they're just not all masterpieces like everyone keeps thinking they are right i think to call it a slump is is unfair especially after luca because i think we all agree that's in the top 10
0: Yeah, no, definitely top 10. This was good. This, like, was, uh, I mean, I'll wrap up for me with this. Like, it was a pleasant surprise. I wasn't looking to particularly watch a Pixar movie. I hadn't seen one in five, six years. Uh, I thought the first half of this, as much as it was fun, it didn't really get me. I didn't think it was going to do anything particularly original, and it didn't. But, I don't know, the emotional beats at the end really worked for me. Uh, I really enjoyed this.
1: I would probably just say the same, (laughs) except for, I mean, I was looking forward to it a little bit because I do generally like Pixar movies and, uh, you know, I did like Onward, wasn't as high on soul, but still enjoyed my time with it. So I usually know that I'm going to at least get enjoyment out of Pixar movies and a good, you know, hour and a half or two or whatever it is. Uh, so I, I was definitely looking forward to it, and and it, it definitely met my expectations, and, and even more with some of the things that we got to see. I, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, well, if that is all, I think that will conclude this week's episode.
2: Jeff, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me and my writing on my blog at strangeharbors.com, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Strange Harbors. What about you
0: guys? Um, you can find me here on the pod. And what about you, Derek?
2: Uh, you can find me,
1: actually... So uh, if anyone follows me on Instagram knows that I don't really post anything. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. My personal account, I don't really use. Promising start. Okay. Yes, I know. Uh, But I actually have started two other (laughs) Instagram accounts that I've been kind of maintaining a little bit more. So Uh, one is called the Screen Agents Guild. Uh, This is uh, an Instagram that I kind of formulated to highlight uh, Asian and Asian American actors and producers and directors. and. Every day, I just kind of post different appreciation posts on on different like act, like I said, actors and and oh, movies nice. and whatnot. And my second Instagram that I, I, I've been doing, it's called World's Okayest Photos. So I recently got into photography, and I've been taking a lot of pictures, doing a lot of editing, and I just <laughs> don't
2: I wanted... sell yourself short there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to World's set the bar. I'm trying to just photos. set the
1: bar. <laughs> But yeah, it's just so if you want to follow a very very novice um, photographer at the beginning of his journey, please uh, follow along. So that's screen Asian skilled and world's OKest photos. I really appreciate you
0: <laughs> man- managing expectations appropriately there. That's very really professional yeah. of you.
2: <laughs> yeah, Derek, really embracing under promise over deliver there.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. Yeah, we would love a three, right, Derek? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just give, <laughs> podcast. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. give us an okay rating. Give us an okay rating. No, but really, give us a five-star rating. <laughs>
2: If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, uh especially on anything that we talked about this week, Pixar or uh the studio's movie Luca, feel free to shoot us an email at Jeff at com. We like reading out emails on the pod. And with that, we will see you guys next week. Yeah, we're doing fast nine, right? Vroom, vroom. Fast nine.
1: Or F nine, I don't know what it's called. It's just it's so
2: confusing with their titles. <laughs> Rekindling that feud between the rock and vin diesel.
0: That's that's what we're That's what what we're here for.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see
1: you guys next week.
0: All right. See you next week, everybody.